0: Hello there team, Nico here for another episode of Minimum Standard, the Kapooka podcast. This is episode two, where we will be talking about fitness, all things fitness. So we'll be looking at pre-Kapooka, at Kapooka and post-Kapooka when it comes to something that a lot of people worry about, and that is fitness standards in the Australian army and in the ADF overall last episode if you didn't catch it was episode one of this podcast it was a little bit of an introduction the main things that we talked about is what kapuka is we went into what it is actually like once your boots on the ground uh what the buildings look like how it's laid out what to expect one of the main things we talked about is day zero so traveling to kapuka so if that sounds of interest, make sure you go over and check, uh, check out episode 1 before you get too deep into this episode. A few disclaimers before we begin. The views and opinions expressed in this are of the individual. I am not a representative of the Australian Army, Australian Defence Force or Defence Force Recruiting. So these are just my experiences. I've passed and succeeded at Kapuka so uh it's just a general advice and it's aimed for civilians interested in joining the australian army and want to know a little bit more about the demands of kapuka so take my advice with a grain of salt don't take it as gospel understand that you do need to do your research as well and this is just a supplement to online research on things like the defense force recruit uh, recruiting website uh, other resources that you can find online and of course your um guidance counsellor who's helping you through the process. The second disclaimer I'd like to share is that this is aimed to be a learning resource. We are going into nitty-gritty detail when it comes to um, Kapuka and Kapuka training. This isn't meant to be entertaining, although you might find it entertaining. Um, it's basically to fill a gap and to fill a hole in something that I wanted when I was joining Kapuka and that is someone to go into those nerdy details about what it's actually like. The third disclaimer is that I completed the now defunct five weeks reserves course so just keep in mind that you will also need to apply this to your given situation. So if you're a full-timer or if you're going on a new three-week course just keep in mind Uh, that you will need to apply it to your given circumstance. Okay, uh, fitness. So uh, the plan for this episode is we are looking at the training needs once you're at Kapuka. We'll also touch on some things uh, that you might want to have a look at before you actually set off for Kapuka. Uh, We're going to be looking at things like the types of PT sessions that you can expect once you get down there, how to manage injuries, um, the tests that you might be going through at Kapuka and just some general advice about um, physical training when it comes to being in the Australian Army. We're going to be looking at other things such as the swim test um, and tips on sustaining your fitness once you actually get to Kapuka as well because believe it or not some people actually lose fitness once they go through basic training so if that sounds of interest make sure you stick on with this podcast for the next half an hour or so and also check out episode three which will be up soon talking about discipline and punishment and drill akapuka, another thing that a lot of people are interested in okay to begin with i want to talk about to gain uh gain your interest i want to talk about the hardest pt session that we had to do so um, the hardest PT session that we had to do was what we they call battle PT. And that is when, uh, so there's two types of PT once you get down at Gapuka. One is you're in your PT gear, you know, in your new runners and your t-shirt and your little bicycle shorts. Whereas there's battle PT as well, which is in you are in um, four Bravo and you have your webbing on and you have your fake Steyr, the big pink weapon. Um, and you're doing things that you might expect to do on a battlefield. So one of the hardest things that we had to do was uh, run 400 meters and then straight into uh, push-ups, squats with all the gear on as well, which doesn't really sound that difficult. I'm sure some of you are running multiple Ks a week. Um, But in the full webbing, it really does uh, drag on you. You're carrying almost upwards of 15, 20, 25, even 30 kilograms on you at that time. So uh, it is a lot more difficult. Then we had to do uh, injuries. So we had to carry, uh, you get taught a specific way to carry someone if they're injured. So you're carrying dead weight. And uh, if you weren't doing it correctly, then you were hypothetically shot down and you became a casualty as well. So we had uh, lots of people. Uh, we did it with a sister platoon as well. So we were a class of 100 people, and there was just uh, injured people all over this uh, soccer field basically. And we had to carry them from point A to point B in little groups. Uh, and they were purposefully <laughs> injuring the uh, the heaviest members of the platoon. This culminated in stretcher carries as well. So you get your little um, battle stretcher, which is like a piece of canvas between two bits of like metal poles. And we had to carry um, people for prolonged periods to and from. We also had to carry just heavy, awkward stuff. So jerry cans full of water um, and things like that. So it went on for probably about an hour Uh, But it was incredibly difficult and once we got back to the rooms and you take off your webbing you feel like a brand new man Um, That was one of the hardest sessions that I did, but let's take it a little bit um, a step back Let's talk about army physical training overall So there is a culture of physical fitness Of course once you're in the Australian army, there's basic standards that you have to adhere to uh, and within the infantry in particular, you have to be ready. And readiness, a criteria of that is physical fitness. You have to prove periodically that you are at the standard. If you're not on standard, you usually can't go on course. You certainly can't be deployed um, and you can't go on exercises and things like that. In fact, the only time you can parade if you're not fitting the standard is to pass the standard. So we get guys in Um, who are not at standard and they are disappointed that they can't go with the rest of the boys on a Tuesday night, they have to keep going to PT and passing until they pass the BFA. So there is a culture of physical fitness, there is an expectation that once you get to your unit, especially if you're in full time, that you're doing some form of PT each day. Now. Of course, you're not going crazy every single day. There's definitely times you do go crazy. You know, you might do a big running session or a circuit or weights or something like that. Um, But in your off days, you're expected to go for a swim or a, a long distance slow run or even just stretching and things of that nature. There's always an expectation that you are physically fit, in particular in infantry. So I may, I'm not able to speak to other corps. and might be different in other corps. but from my experience in the infantry, there is an expectation that you are, a lot of the guys were training for half marathons, full marathons, They there were dudes that were, um, had like a group chat with their Garmin watches and were tracking how many kilometers they were running each week and trying to beat each other. So, and things like that. So there is a culture of fitness if you are not a person that thinks uh, if you're not that sort of person already or someone that you can you can sort of think that you can get to that stage um, maybe I'd look at the core that you're in or start putting in baby steps now to get to appreciate fitness. Now I'm by no means the most fit person in the world in fact there's a lot of aspects to physical training that I just simply dislike. Um, I do not take to running i'm not one of these whippity guys that can just you know crack out a sub eight minute 2.4k or do a iron man and all that sort of stuff but i have grown to enjoy physical training more than i did um, but for sure you have to be a sort of person that grows to love that grind because if you absolutely hate physical training if you don't enjoy going to the gym if you don't enjoy um, going for runs or going for bike rides, if you don't watch what you eat and you can't see yourself changing, um, I would start to think about culture, um, your lifestyle and, and changing that because it's definitely, well, just a fact is that if you do not pass your physical training, then eventually you get warnings and then you get sit downs with RSMs of your units asking to show cause and that's an awkward conversation that you don't want to have. So there is an expectation of physical fitness and that begins at Kapuka. But getting ahead of ourselves let's talk about pre-Kapuka. So some of you may already be parading at your university regiments and you would have an understanding of what it requires Um, but before you actually enter your university regiment and get a letter of offer, you have to do something called a PFA, which is your personal fitness assessment. Now this will vary depending on gender, but for me it was 15 push-ups, 45 sit-ups and a 7.5 on the beep test. I believe this also changes due to age group as well. So. I'm not gonna go into specifics with that, but just have a look on Defence Force recruiting websites or just chuck it into Google. There's lots of information that you can find about the specifics, um, fitness levels that you need to get into the Army um, at all. Once you start parading on Tuesday nights and you're actually, you know, you got your letter of offer and you're good to go, this is pre-kapuka. a vast majority of those Tuesday nights will include some form of physical training. There's usually um, a theory days and then there's training days and sometimes there's a bit of a 50-50, um, but you can expect to be doing things like the PFA. You might go down to the track and do some sort of circuit. You might even go to the pool and do some form of fitness. The university regiment's job is to make sure that you are at a fitness standard to be able to pass Kapuka. And um, from what I understand, there is a pushback from Kapuka because they're failing guys for not being physically fit. So the university regiments are a stickler for physical fitness. So they, if you rock up on Tuesday nights, you should have a pretty good go at passing the standards before you get down there. Now for me personally, I enjoyed some of these sessions for sure, especially the dummy run PFA assessment sessions. These are a great way to get your body and mind used to the requirements um, to pass the assessments because they mimic it exactly. So it's sort of like a dress rehearsal for when you uh, need to pass it for real. But I also felt that I needed to supplement that with my own fitness as well. So I would try and split things up. I would do strength sessions, I would do cardio sessions. Uh, The beep test is not a great way to get fitter. I know some people say to get better at the beep test, just keep doing the beep test, but really levels one to five are a walk. It really only starts getting difficult from probably level five, especially level six and seven, which only last a minute or two. So you're really only doing under 10 minutes of hard work. Whereas if you want to keep breaking that barrier you need to be supplementing it with other workouts as well. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm within my rights to suggest that. I don't think any PT, PTI will get up me for suggesting those sorts of things. The beep test is in the name. It's a test. It's not a workout. So you need to be supplementing that with slow long distance runs you might be doing um, splits so run 400 meters under a certain goal time rest for that time and then go again and do that all the way up to 2.4 k's um, you might be doing interval training hit sessions i'm sure you can find some things on google and online um, to get some good workouts in What I personally did was I'd like to do slow long sessions on the treadmill, probably up to three to five Ks an hour, Uh, sorry, not three to five Ks an hour, three to five K um, in total, um, at sort of like a jog, quick jog, jog, quick jog interval sort of space. I split up the times for the BFA, which for me is about a one minute 57 per 400 meter pace, which is about 12 and a half Ks per hour and I'll try and do that 400 meters, rest for a period, run 400 meters, rest for a period. Maybe the next time I run for 800 meters, rest for a period, 800 meters again. Eventually I try to do three 800s culminating in the 2.4 distance. There's lots of different ways that you can keep it engaging and interesting. Those are just some suggestions. You might want to do 400s, 800s. You might want to try and do two 1.6 Ks per hour. You might want to run on the track, run on the treadmill. You might want to do 100 meter sprints. Um, A mix of all of those I would recommend. I'd try and do maybe two to three running sessions per week. Supplement that maybe with one or two strength sessions. And then maybe a relaxing walk up. You might, on a Sunday, you might go for a big walk around the city or you might climb a mountain. Um, or you might um, go for a nature walk or something active, but just like a rest or a swim session, lots of different things that you can do. But I would, the moral of the story is, is you need to come up with some sort of fitness regime to supplement uh, the PFA and then the BFA, because the tests themselves aren't a great way to get better at the tests. Um, it's almost like when I was training for it I would go away and do all my running sessions um, that I found and then I would just use the beep test as just a little capstone on top a way to track my progress I wouldn't just for example go do the beep test four or five times a week I don't think that's the best way most efficient way to get better at running Um, so you'll be able to do that I recommend starting out um, as early as you can and making this your lifestyle. Um, I would probably give yourself two to three months at least, maybe not at least, but about two to three months of, of good training, good solid consistent training before you go off to Kapooka. Um, me personally, I was so scared of being the slug at the back, not keeping up with everyone else, that it motivated me to be doing these sessions before Kapuka. I was coming from a profession that was pretty sedentary, so I will admit that I was not the fittest I've ever been in my life before Kapuka, but I was glad that I was able to um, get on some sort of fitness regime before I went on. Another good thing that I was able to get is I had a colleague who was in the army already and they were able to sign me on to base. So I was able to use the track down at the barracks. So that's always a great way If you, um, especially if you're on a CFTS contract, you can sometimes get your own card early and sign yourself in using the Army's free gym, pool, track, and things like that. I would at least try and find someone, a a colleague or a friend that you feel accountable for, um, or even someone that you meet at your university regiment that you can keep up fitness with. It's a lot more fun meeting up with someone or at least have, being accountable to someone else and knowing that if you don't rock up to the track, then they will and they're gonna get fitter than you. You know, that bit of that friendly competition and accountability is always a good thing. So just to cap off this section, I would recommend only doing fitness that is applicable to the position that you're going into. So I see some dudes saying oh yeah I'm, I'm prepping for Kapuka and then they go and just do a million bicep curls might look good on Instagram but it's not going to help you at Kapuka I would recommend um, body weight sort of circuit training so um, you know that sort of uncomfortable stuff that you sometimes see group sessions doing you know just like picking stuff up Uh, Another uh, one that I like is really heavy kettlebells, and you sort of do a a farmer's carry with some shoulder shrugs. You might take it from one end of the gym to the other and then get down start doing push-ups. You might get a heavy sandbag and doing jump squats. You know, that sort of exercise is going to be really good for you. Especially like pull-ups, sit-ups, push-ups. Sometimes with medicine balls or kettlebells, that sort of um, Circuit training sort of stuff will be really good because a lot of the PT sessions revolve around that. And then other than that, it would be running. I would recommend getting up with your running because if you are not a runner, then it's not going to be natural for you to pass the 2.4 in a given time. You have to be sort of running pretty regularly to get under the time. It's. I would be surprised if, if someone wasn't a runner and wasn't running regularly, that they would just up and pass the the BFA uh, timings. So get some sort of schedule. Um, Defence Force Recruiting, I believe, has an app and a program. Do as much research as you can, but find something that works for you. Um, And that goes into our next session here, and that is injuries and uh, your your body's needs in, in this time. Now, for a lot of us, especially if you're coming from reserves, you're not going to be coming from a profession that has the PT needs that the army does. I can tell you from experience, especially with teaching, there is no physical requirement to complete that job. So, especially if you're working in an office or sometimes when I was even marking students work, weeks would go by where I'd do no PT. I would eat something that was easy, which was usually unhealthy and I would be sedentary behind a desk. So when you suddenly decide to go and do kapuka, your body is going from zero to hero and that can bring with it injuries. For me, my biggest issue was shin splints and just thinking about it, just saying that word, sends a shiver up my spine because the shin splints that I had at its peak were some of the worst pain that are imaginable, especially when I was pushing myself to try and get fitter and fitter and I had the pressure of kapuka coming up. If you are not a runner, you might want to look into orthotics or good quality running shoes. I would not recommend athlete's foot because the whole x-ray thing of your foot is just a gimmick. Try and find some running, specialty running shop in your area or do some research online, finding a good quality shoe and some orthotics I'm saying this from experience because I started trying to do running training in preparation for Kapuka just with the runners that I had already. And I can tell you the inner of my shin was, it could almost glow in the dark. It was red raw, even after 400 meters. Like it was honestly that bad. And I know for a fact, if I got my stuff sorted earlier, I would have been a lot fitter by the time it came to Kapuka. So if you're not a runner, and you might have gone out for a jog and you can sort of feel that tenderness around your shins that's not going to go away and it's not going to go away at kapuka so there might be some underlying problems with your gait or the way that your foot falls on the ground that is causing that injury so get that stuff sorted as early as possible i did not and i was running around the week before i was to leave to kapuka trying to find someone to make me good quality orthotics on short notice. Um, So try and find good quality orthotics and uh, get that stuff sorted and any other niggling injuries. So for me it was shins, but for someone else it might be their knees, their hamstrings, hip flexors, back. These things are going to be put to their limit once you get to Kapuka. So make sure that if anything's niggling like that, you look at the underlying problem and you try and get that fixed before you go. So for me, it was shin splints, I went to go get orthotics. But for you, it might be getting some deep tissue massage. It might be doing, uh, if your back hurts, you might wanna look into a back strengthening exercise regime, doing some uh, seated row and things like that. Um, Just making sure that those things don't flare up because you get put through your paces physically in PT when it comes to Kapuka. And if something's sore before you leave, it's gonna get even more sore And you don't wanna be those guys that are looking like a mummy, completely covered in tape or have to get pulled off course. Also a grain of salt, I'm by no means a medical expert or a physio expert. I'm just saying what worked for me. Speak to your people that can help you out. Um, Go see a professional and see if you can get those underlying symptoms fixed. Okay, that goes, that uh, completes the injuries section. We're gonna be talking now about some different tests that you might go through physically, pre and at Kapuka and post Kapuka. There's the PFA, this is the personal fitness assessments. You've most likely already have done this or you are about to do this to get into the army in the first place. Um, you are expected to do a PFA the week before you are to go to Kapuka. And on your third day roughly um, at Kapuka. So you, you need to be at a level where you're passing that com- uh, comfortably, you don't want to be crossing your fingers. By that I mean um, you need to be uh, getting eights probably in the beep test if you pass level as at a 7.5. Because when you do the PFA at Kapuka you do it at like 5 in the morning and it's the first thing you do at that day with no breakfast. Um, so you need to be able to pass the PFA at your worst. So for me, I was doing, I'll show you a bit of a story about when I did the PFA at Kapuka. When I was doing it at QUR uh, and by myself, my push ups I was getting 25, 35. I think my best was in the 40s. When I did the push ups at Kapuka, I don't know if it was the stress, if it was early in the morning, I was struggling. And they are sticklers for technique. So when I was doing the push-ups, they were going, don't count that one, don't count that one, don't count that one. So really make sure that you are passing push-ups comfortably and you are adhering to the technique that Defence Force Recruiting and you might see on Google. Um, And be a stickler and be tough on yourself with techniques because I literally wasted four or five reps that were not counted by the PTIs. I was struggling when it came to 10, 11 reps. I think I barely got 16 or 17. It was shocking. And that made me very, very stressed for when it came to the sit-ups and the run. Cause I was thinking, man, push ups are usually my strength. If I cannot barely pass, I'm gonna really not do well when it comes to the run. Um, You go flip over almost immediately. They have the same, uh, they've got like a, Uh, track that plays the rep. You have to do it in cadence for sit-ups. And then you go and you start... uh, They've got a huge uh, outdoor basketball court with a roof. And they do it in two groups. They usually say, if you feel like you can get over level 10 or 12, go in the first group. If you think you're barely going to pass, go in the second group. Um, And there were so many people that... There were some people that were like nearly bumping into the railings that hold the roof up. So you got to get used to doing it with lots of people around. I actually enjoyed that though because I was in like a group of guys and we were sort of pushing each other as it got up to the um the required level. Saying that, the best I've ever done on a beep test is at Kapuka. I don't know if it was the motivation um, but I got 8.8 eight, which for me is pretty good. I know that's not fantastic but um, I think under the circumstances, I was happy with that. It's important that you pass the PFA. If you do not pass the PFA, it is one of the tests that if you don't pass, you get sent home, unfortunately. You get one more shot at completing it. If you don't complete it, then they send you back to your unit, um, which at this point would be your university regiment. The other tests that you do is the PEZA i believe this is um a formative Peza, so this will be a five it's either three or five kilometer pack march i think it's a three kilometer pack march the night before you get your pack and you get loaded up with weight for us it was 30 kilograms so you have your weapon and all of your stuff as well in your pack you get given your pack and it's full of literally weights and rocks and, and things that they can find around the platoon. So you do a big pack march. This is in a big group. Um, And then uh, that was pretty, like for me, it's a strength, but we had some people that couldn't complete it. So it just depends if uh, walking with a whole bunch of stuff on your back is uh, something that you feel is a strength of yours or it's gonna be a weakness. After that is the fire and move. so there's a it's sort of like a beep test there's um, these pegs uh, probably go about 20 meters and then every there's like segments of of pegs so there's probably i can't remember it's like a, a good 10 meters between the distances and there's beeps and you have to get up from a prone lying position run get down before the beep goes and you have your weapon and all your webbing on as well so it's pretty heavy after that you get the jerry can carry, so you've got to pick it up and walk, put it down, pick it up, walk, put it down uh, with the beeps. And the trick with that is the beeps are actually quite slow and they, you can't go faster than the beeps. So if you keep going, if you're not hitting the marks, they actually tell you to slow down. And that can be quite tricky because you've got that grip strength and your hands and your forearms are screaming out in pain. Um, but that's that test and then after that is just a picking up heavy boxes and putting it above your head so that's the PESA test Uh, most people pass the PESA test I think only about maybe six or seven people out of a hundred did not pass the PESA test when I did it with the group the other um, test that you do is a formative BFA so this is sit-ups sorry push-ups sit-ups and then Instead of a beep test, it's a 2.4-kilometer time trial. Uh, this is formative. If you don't pass it at Kapuka, you still get to pass. However, there's a asterisk next to your name, and when you go back to your unit, your unit says, all right, you haven't passed your BFA. Why didn't you pass? What do you need? Let's pass as soon as possible. So it's uh, a requirement once you get back to the unit. The other thing you have to pass is a swim test. Surprisingly, a lot of people do not pass this. You have to swim 30 meters fully clothed and then you have to tread water for two minutes. Most, I feel most Aussie people grow up with swimming lessons. So if you're sort of like a comfortable average swimmer, um, it shouldn't be too much trouble, but saying that there was a fair, fair, good number of people, maybe a quarter of our group that did not pass. If you cannot swim, I would recommend getting some swimming lessons or trying to go find a local pool and seeing if you can at least find some sort of stroke to do one lap and then um, perfecting your treading water skills, okay? So it's something you have to pass and you have to do and you will do it at Kapuka. Those are the only tests that you do. So let's uh, draw a line under that and go into our next topic into the types of PT sessions that you will do at Kapooka you probably do two to three PT sessions a week Um, but saying that there's a lot of physical physicality at Kapooka because you're walking you're marching to everything and um, you might be carrying stuff or loading stuff into vans and And uh, everywhere you go, you're either walking and and you haven't got to carry everything that you need. So there's actually a lot of physicality every day. But there are some days where you do PT on top of that as well. Um, Some of the sessions, I'll just list them. So we have the PFA sessions. We have um, battle PT, which I described at the beginning of this podcast. There's probably a handful of those. There's circuit training. One of them we did indoors. I actually really enjoyed that. So you do things like deadlifts, box jumps, um, assault bike, and then you sort of on the whistle, you switch and go to different ones. There's also outdoor ones. So there's sort of like the gravel pits where they've got the ropes and things like that. They teach you rope technique. So don't worry, you don't have to use just complete Grueling Hulk upper body strength to climb a rope. They do teach you a technique to climb ropes easily. Um, with you know things like runs and um, push ups and things like that. So it's like a circuit training, sort of like run dodge jump. You might have heard that or RDJ. There's also um, so one of the most physically grueling things is sort of like a fire move sequence as a section. So like a section attack. I would say section attacks are really quite um, quite grueling. I got injured during a section attack, I got a hernia. So that sort of goes to show you how intense some of these can be. They are, so, but what that is, is that you might have an enemy maybe 50 meters uh, outdoors, 50 meters in the distance, and you have all your gear and your weapon, and you have to get up, sprint for about five meters, dive and then leopard crawl and you do that again and again and again and again. So with all your stuff on it can actually become quite grueling. You will do um, stretcher carries numerous times, um, carrying big heavy water um, jerry cans. When you do med week you will be carrying Mannequins that are, have like dummy injuries and you might be carrying them back from a conflict zone. So carrying again, dead weight of people um, and things of that nature. Um, so as you can see, it's uh, very varied and uh, circuit training and running I think will be the main things that will help you out a lot and, and weight training. If you can't pull yourself up or push up, Um, just yourself, uh, it's gonna get quite tricky, especially if it comes to the bayonet assault course, that's something else, Um, leopard crawling and things like that. So it's a wide variety, um, but some people said they wanted more PT, and I can see that. Um, There were some days where you don't do any PT, there's some days where you do a lot of admin and you actually don't do much physical training at all. Um, I would say that your physical fitness will not jump as much as you think it will that's uh, my advice on the amount of pt that you get but as i've heard every uh, platoon is different okay the next session is uh the next uh, session of this podcast is about overcoming adversity and advice on surviving pt at kapuka so there's not really much i can say on this because a lot of it you're just going to take it as it comes i think not worrying too much about what's coming next is important if you worry about the grand scheme of things sometimes you can your brain can play tricks on you and it's almost like a mental game so if you just focus okay I've got to run 200 meters in this direction I am only going to focus on running that 200 meters I'm not going to think, oh my God, I'm so tired at this 200 meters and then we're gonna have to do this and then we're gonna have to do this. Oh my God, I'm not even gonna be able to make it. I remember there was one day I was feeling like that and I was just saying to myself, look, there's that tree over there. We're gonna have a rest at that tree, get to that tree. When I get to that tree, of course, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's gonna come after that. But I just took a few seconds at the tree to take my breath. My heart rate went back down. I thought, okay, cool, I'm good to go again so staying in the moment i think is a good piece of advice the other piece of advice that i would give is to rely on people within your section everyone's going through it everyone's struggling i will guarantee you there's going to be some people in your platoon that are going to be a lot less fit than you so you're only as strong as your section There's not really an instance where we let... I don't think ever there was an instance where we just let one person struggle at the back and we all just left somebody. Rely on the people around you and try and, um, try and promote teamwork. Only on a handful of occasions did people get frustrated and start yapping at each other, but that usually gets cut pretty quick by the PTIs and the corporals and these people actually get in trouble, the people that, you know, tell other people that they're slowing down and they're ruining it for everybody. Like that doesn't happen at Kapuka. Everyone is usually very, very supportive of one another. So rely on each other. Another thing that I would suggest is taking some dankerub or some blister. You can get like these um, band-aids that are like gummy that you can put on blisters. I would bring sports tape as well because you don't want something like a blister or a cut uh, to fester and then get more extreme. So something quite small like a blister is not gonna get any better when you have to keep running on it day after day after day. So wear in your shoes, make sure your orthotics are fit correctly and keep on those blisters very closely. Um, Tape up anything that's sore. you usually don't get much time for this. What I did was when it was lights out and the corporals went home for ped, I would um, have all my stuff in a neat little section in my top drawer, in my bunk. And when everyone's asleep, I would take, that's the time I would use to uh, make sure that my blisters were hydrated and weren't drying out and cracking, were covered with band-aids. Uh, anything that was niggling was, was, you know, had cream on it and was taped up. Um, the cuts were cleaned, um, you know, because you don't get much time throughout the day. So use any time you can to make sure that everything is all sorted. Um, If you get shin splints, you know, that's the time you could use to tape up your feet, for example, although sometimes the corporals don't like that, um, but there's certainly some times where you can get things taped up and making sure that you're looking after yourself. That is very, very important. So use those spare seconds. That would just be a big piece of advice that I would give. Um, I saw a lot of dudes as well. This goes to our next point on tips on sustaining fitness at Kapooka. If you are struggling to pass your PFA on day three, you will do the PFA or the BFA again near the end. So a lot of guys were, when you had a spare moment in your room, were challenging each other to push up contests and sit ups. And I had some guys, and I did this as well, if anything was tight, like some reason week two or three, my hip flexor on my left side, just tensed up and was really bad and this was producing a lot of pain in my back when we are doing weapons training. So a lot of guys in the evening um, when the do lights out will start doing um, stretches or even yoga um, in their rooms and uh, always take a few moments. I used to just get my pillows from my bed and chuck them on the ground and do like lunges and stretches and things like that. So some people try and Get more fitness, although I think you're gonna be pretty... I never did the push-ups and the sit-ups because we were getting hammered enough, but um, some people did, so that's definitely something that you can do. But a piece of advice for sustaining fitness and looking after yourself is just that, look after yourself, make sure cuts are clean, make sure blisters are covered, make sure that you put your socks on correctly because if your socks slightly folded sometimes that can be enough resistance to create blisters and things like that so make sure all of that is sort of covered. And that is overall uh, my advice on fitness at Kapuka. it is a varied beast there's lots of different things that you will be doing but I would recommend getting as fit as humanly possible a good two to three months before Kapuka and instilling in yourself this new culture and lifestyle of fitness. Start enjoying the differences that you might see in the mirror. You know, you might, if you get your diet and your exercise correct, you'll start to enjoy it. You'll feel better for yourself. You'll be more flexible, more maneuverable. Going upstairs at work might be as difficult. You'll look in the mirror and start seeing the love handle start to go away. Um, you'll feel more confident. So even if you're not crazy fit at the moment, there's baby steps that you can do to start to change your culture and your lifestyle. And that's what it needs to be. It can't be, you can't really see it as uh, like a boot camp or uh, this is what I'm gonna do for two weeks hardcore and then I'm just gonna be a hero after that. It needs to be a change of culture and lifestyle. You need to start thinking about, okay, if it is a day off, I'm not gonna go and smash three Domino's pizzas. I might go for a nice long walk along a beach or something like that. So getting into that culture of self-improvement, but always try and keep it positive. Some people in the army see, have a really negative relationship with physical fitness. It's always a one up on someone else. Even if you said you did a marathon, someone will say, oh, I did two marathons. So try and support each other, support your mates. Have an accountability buddy um, and enjoy that journey and uh, you'll see yourself in 6, 8, 12 months time and you'll think, God, how could I ever struggle running 400 meters? Look at me now, I'm running 5k as an easy jog. So it can actually be quite a positive thing and that will be instilled in you once you get to Kapuka. But it is difficult, don't get me wrong. I've redlined and redzoned more there at Kapuka than anything else, especially in the bayonet assault course. And sometimes when we were running from exercise to exercises in full gear. Uh, But it's good. You start to challenge yourself and see what your body's made of. You go through an exercise and you think to yourself, man, I can never achieve this. I can never do this. And it's hard. But then afterwards, you think to yourself, wow, I've never pushed myself that hard before. And you can grow as a group as well. So start thinking about what steps you can do right now to instill in yourself a good culture of physical training and good fitness. Is it, um, do you need to look at new shoes and orthotics? Can you get that booked this week? How's your diet? Is your diet where it needs to be? Do you have an understanding of calorie, uh, caloric deficit? Um, eating clean protein, things of that nature. Is that something that you need to look at? Is running a weakness? Is swimming a weakness? Think about use this podcast to identify one thing that you can go really strong at for when you get to Kapuka because they're all gonna be um, they're all gonna be <laughs> a magnifying glass on top of you when it comes to that. But overall guys, it's not crazy. I was really stressed about it before I went to Kapuka. I was thinking no matter how fit I'm gonna try and be, I'm still gonna be the guy at the back. I'm gonna be in a platoon full of whippets that are gonna run sub eight, 2.4Ks and just make me look crap. Um, I was thinking all of these thoughts, but really, if you are, if you try and do yourself a justice and you meet these challenges head on, it's not as bad as what your brain can prepare uh, prepare for you in those wee hours of the morning. Um, it's hard, don't get me wrong, but I was thinking that we were gonna be smashed every single day. And there are some times where you are smashed, but it's it's not as bad as you might think. But just try your best, and um, it can actually be a good uh, code breaker for poor eating or, or fitness habits that you have at this stage. And then once you get back from Kapuka, you can use those things that you've learned to pass the BFA, and uh, be a fitter, healthier version of you. Next episode, make sure you, um, make sure you tune in. We're gonna be looking at discipline and drill, and we're gonna be talking about punishments because that's something that a lot of people ask about Kapuka. how full on is it when it comes to discipline and um, drill and, and things of that nature. So that's what we're gonna be looking at next lesson not next, that's the next podcast. We're gonna, that's what we're going to be looking at, um, talking about how to prepare yourself for that, some of the funny stories that happened to me um, during Kapuka and how you can sort of grey man it through and uh, not let that uh, prey upon your mind too much. So I'll see you next episode for Minimum Standard, uh, the Kapuka podcast.